0: Showcasing beloved favorites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
1: I've got your attention from Ramsgate in Kent England it's a very warm welcome once again to the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast archive show I'm your host Jason Drury Thanking you very much for joining us once again today's show is part one of another catch-up show like the previous regular edition of the archive we will be as ever going through recent releases of archive soundtrack albums and on occasions some new scores which I feel already deserve their place in the archive like, for example, The Cure, A Lavish Affair, which kicked off the show from the recent score by Daniel Pemberton for the highly enjoyable period mystery romp, See How They Run. Directed by Tom George and starring Sam Rockwell, Sasha Ronan, Adrian Brody, Will Wilson, Reese Shearsmith and David Oelio, of which I saw at the cinema recently and thought the music fitted the film absolutely. Perfectly. We continue part one of this two part edition of the archive with an hot off the press release from Intrada Records and could be one of the archival released soundtracks of the year. The recent release from Intrada of Jerry Goldsmith's epic score for the 2000 science fiction horror film Hollow Man, directed by Paul Verhoeven and written by Andrew W. Marlowe and starring Elizabeth Hsu. Kevin Bacon, Josh Brolin, Greg Grunberg, and William Dufain. Inspired by HG Wells's 1897 novel, The Invisible Man, and its 1933 film adaptation, it tells the story of Sebastian Kane, a scientist who volunteers to be the first human test subject for a serum that renders the user invisible. When his fellow scientists are unable to restore him back to normal, he eventually becomes violently insane and goes on a murderous rampage. This would be the second science fiction project that Jerry Goldsmith collaborated with Paul Verhoeven and he delivered a robust thriller score that launches from a subdued mystery laden main title builds slowly with some wonderful pieces of science music for harp piano and strings for the amazing transformation sequences and ending with some of the most intense and incessant violent cues of which jerry goldsmith wrote in his entire career attempting at times to out total recall total recall the movie inspired perhaps the most music goldsmith would ever record for a motion picture his score heard in the film clocks in at around 1 hour 27 minutes of music, only 10 minutes less than he recorded for the three-hour epic The Sand Pebbles in 1966, with another 45 minutes plus of alternate cues. The score bears in a way some comparison to Goldsmith's experience on Alien in 1979, which he wrote so much alternate music that he essentially scored the movie twice. But over the years, a lot has changed in motion pictures between the Sam Pebbles, Alien, and Hollow Man due to advances in digital editing and its prevalence starting in the 1990s. Also, created additional challenges for composers, which could no longer count on the film being locked at the post production stage. Composers could be called back to score and rescore individual scenes multiple times as they were recut. So, apart from the main title, the suite you are about to hear will feature some revised and alternate cues from the score, concentrating on the dramatically violent and bloody climax of the film. From the main title we have the mocking diabolical Lord Brass Elizabeth Sue's Sarah splashes blood bags on the floor and then splatters the plasma onto Sebastian to render him visible in the queue bloody floor. The queue find him where in his DVD commentary Goldsmith discussed a moment that begins to play out around the three minute mark of the queue. Quote, The most interesting scene is the one where Kevin Bacon and Josh Brolin are having this confrontation and Paul and I talked about it. It's a game of cat and mouse and Sebastian was taunting brawling, that he wasn't anything like Sebastian. He wasn't the brain he was. He wasn't the mind. He wasn't the power. He was just a toy, and Sebastian was toying with him. And Paul said, can you get something like that in the music? What I tried to do was, I had this underlying ostinato, this pizzicato in the celly, and the bassist that was sort of like Sebastian toying with him, which was constant, and then over this was this intense string line, which was Brolin fighting against it, which was very intense, and musically that was the most interesting part. But for all the insidious erupting violence of that, from cues such as Red Attack and The Big Climb, it's the final triumphant statement of Goldsmith's science thing that fully cements the scores full dramatic impact. Hollow Man was Goldsmith's last collaboration with Paul Verhoeven and his final, in a way, grand statement of forward-looking science fiction music. His remaining projects, including the rejected score to Timeline, Star Trek Nemesis and Looney Tunes Back in Action, were composed in a much lighter and more traditional tone. But Hollow Man, in the words of Jeff Bond in his liner notes, Quote, was very much the music of the man who had scored Planet of the Apes, Alien and Total Recall. A composer whose music got to the heart and mind of science fiction. So here now is music composed for the 2000 science fiction horror movie Hollow Man. Original score composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. That was music composed for the 2000 science fiction horror movie Hollow Man, the original score composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. The original soundtrack recording has just been released recently at the time of recording this segment in its full 91 minute complete form with 45 minutes of alternate cues from Intrada Records.
0: This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
1: Now we've just listened to the possible archival release of 2022. So now let's listen to what possibly could be the score of 2022. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, the fantasy television series based on the novel The Lord of the Rings and its appendages by J.R.R. Tolkien, developed by showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay for the streaming service Amazon Prime Video. The series is set on the second age of Middle-earth, thousands of years before Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Per the requirements of Amazon's deal with the Tolkien estate, it is not a continuation of the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit film trilogies. Despite this, the production intended to invoke the films using similar production design, younger versions of characters from the films, and a main theme by Howard Shaw, who composed the Music for both trilogies. The score of the series was composed by Bear McCreary, and what a score it is. I never thought that... Anybody would surpass the music of Howard Shaw's work on The Lord of the Rings, or even equal it. Bear music for the series not only equals it, it nearly surpasses Howard Shaw's works, and that is saying something. The music for the series is absolutely superb. McCreary began working on the series in July 2021 and said it was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to work on such an ambitious score with the creative freedom that he wanted. To create this work, he spent nearly two months writing new musical themes based on the scripts which he compared of writing a symphony. And then they were used to compose nine hours of music for the first season, written over eight months. Each theme has two sections, an introduction and a development of that theme. Bear McCreary wanted to honour Shaw's musical legacy and hope to create a continuity of concept between the series and the films. And with the 15 new themes he wrote for the season, adding to the pantheon of memorable melodies that Shaw had written. In a recent interview, this is what Bear McCreary said about working on The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Quote, in our show, we are seeing these societies at their peak. So yes, there is a connection, but doesn't, but it doesn't sound the same. In the Hobbit films, the dwarves were a people in Despora, lost and hoping to retrieve their homeland. Here we see the might of Khazadum, one of the mightiest cities of all of Tolkien's work, and we see it at its peak. It has this churning industrial energy. It is not sad and forlorn. It's powerful. My hope is that if anyone watches our show and then watches the Peter Jackson films, there will be a continuity of concept, So to give you a taste of the music from this wonderful score, or series of scores if you prefer, we're going to play three suites from the original soundtrack album of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. It lasts over two hours and 40 minutes in length, which was released digitally on all major streaming services on August 19th 2022. The first theme we will hear is in my opinion one of the most beautiful themes ever composed for television. The Queries theme for Gladriel. Then we will hear the deep male vocals and deep brass of the theme for Kazadum. And we finish with the Middle Eastern beauty of the theme of the city of Numenir. It was a tough choice. I could play so many more themes, but we have other scores to listen to on the show. I know this has come up recently, but if any modern score for a television series deserves an immediate place in a cinematic sound made of podcast archive, this is it. I cannot praise this music enough. This is a sort of scoring I thought I would never hear again. It is just classic symphonic orchestral scoring of the highest order which Howard Shaw himself would be proud to have as a compliment to his wonderful work on the Lord of the Rings films and to put the icing on the cake to start everything off on this suite we will play Howard Shaw's main theme for the series curated independently of the score but complements so beautifully the music that is to come so here now are three suites from the Amazon Prime epic TV series The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. All three composed by Ben McCreary. But before that, we have the theme of the series composed by Howard Shaw. That was Gradviel's theme, the theme for Kazadoom, and the theme for Numineer from the Amazon Prime epic fantasy series The Lord of the Rings The Rings of Power, with the original score composed by Bear McCreary. Before that was the main title of the series composed by Howard Shaw. The compilation album of the series has been released on all streaming services on August 19th and will be physically released by Mondo on CD on October the 14th and on vinyl on January the 13th, 2023. The complete episode scores are now available digitally from Amazon Prime. I cannot recommend this music enough. These to me are the scores or the score, if you prefer, of 2020.
0: This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
1: The Sinfonia of London is a session orchestra which in its existence is now on the third incarnation of that name. The original Sinfonia of London was founded in 1955 by Gordon Walker, an eminent flautist of his time, specifically for the recording of film music. The orchestra came into being when there was a split in the future direction of the London Symphony Orchestra. Many LSL players leaving to join the Symphonia of London in order to undertake more lucrative film soundtrack work. The orchestra appeared in the musical credits of many British and American films from the nineteen fifties and sixties, including the nineteen fifty-eight soundtrack for Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo and for nineteen sixty The Guns of Navarone. In 1982, the title, Symphonia of London, was bought by Peter Wilson and Harold Blake from the Walker family for the purpose of having a named orchestra for the first recording of The Snowman. In February 1998, Bruce Broughton was named the orchestra's second musical director after Blake. Under Peter Wilson's management, the orchestra went on to record many soundtracks for major Hollywood films including Batman, The Mummy Returns, Lost in Space, The Lawnmower Man, Stargate, Tombstone, Robocop, and Young Sherlock Holmes. The Sinfonia of London was reformed again in its third incarnation in 2018 by the conductor John Wilson to undertake a series of recording projects beginning with the recording of Corn Girl's Symphony in F Sharp on the Sandoz label. Wilson studied composition and conducting at the Royal College of Music where in 2011 he was made a fellow. Wilson has amassed a large and varied discography which includes critically acclaimed recordings of the Symphony of London, numerous recordings with the John Wilson Orchestra which he founded in 1994 and a series of discs with the BBC Scottish Symphony Orchestra exploring the works by Sir Richard Rodney Bennett and the BBC Philharmonic devoted to the symphonic works of Aaron Copeland and orchestral works of Eric Coates. He has also been a regular and popular contributor to the annual BBC Promenade concerts. Recently, the Symphonia has made, in a way, a return to the silver screen with the album Hollywood Soundstage, where John Wilson has guided the orchestra through the film music of the golden age of cinema, including the Sus scores as from David Raskin, Herbert Stoddard's The Wizard of Oz, Franz Raxman's Rebecca, and the one that we are about to feature. The Private Lives of Elizabeth and Essex, composed by Eric Wolfgang Korngold, with his exuberantly rich, characteristic, late romantic sound, which formed the blueprint of which all other film composers of that era in the golden age of film music. So here is the overture from the Private Lives of Elizabeth and Essex, performed by the new Symphonia of London Orchestra, conducted by John Wilson. Was the overture from the 1939 film The Private Lives of Elizabeth and Essex, with the music composed by Eric Rufian Congold and performed by the Symphonia of London Orchestra, conducted by John Wilson, taken from the new album Hollywood Soundstage, released by Shandos Records. And hopefully, very soon, we will see a full return of the Symphonia of London Orchestra to the film scoring stage. <laughs>
0: On the air and streaming on the web since 1996, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
1: And that was the end credits from Like Hollow Man earlier, another recent release, this time from Verez Band. Music from the 1992 satirical black comedy fantasy Death Becomes, uh, which was directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Mel Streep, Goldie Horn, and Bruce Willis, a film that literally ties itself in knots. Now, another recent archival release came from our friends at Quartet Records. Red Sonja, the 1985 epic sword and sorcery film directed by Richard Fleischer with a screenplay by Clive Exon and George MacDonald Fraser. The film starred Bridget Nielsen in the title role with Sandra Bergman, Paul Smith, Ronald Lacey and Arnold Schwarzenegger in supporting roles. As with Howard's stories of Conan, the film takes place in the Hiberian Age, a fictional prehistoric time that... Had been already depicted in the films Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. And is a film so bad, in Arnold Schwarzenegger's opinion, that when his kids were young, if they misbehaved, he threatened to show Red Sonja to them. Now, after being in the running to score the Conan films, before John Milius insisted on Basil Polidorus, Ennio Morricone now had his first chance to score a sword and sorcery genre film with Hundra in 1983. Now in the mid-80s Morricone was splitting his time fairly evenly between Europe and Hollywood. His output around this time included classics like Once Upon a Time in America in 1984 and The Mission in 1986. So for him to have scored a fairly mainstream movie like Red Sonja was not out of the ordinary especially considering that the film was shot mainly in Italy with a predominantly Italian crew. In fact, there was a number of conceptual similarities between Red Sonja and Hundra, including the overall tone of Morricone's music, which was adventurous and bombastic. In conclusion, Red Sonja is a blending Morricone's own fantasy style with some of the power Basil Polodorus brought to his Conan scores, especially in the term of choral writing, and the prominent use of solo trumpets and lyrical woodwinds to lead the thematic material. So here now is music from the 1985 sword and sorcery adventure Red Sonja regional score composed and conducted by Ennio Morricone. That was music for the 1985 sword and sorcery adventure Red Sonja. The original score composed and conducted by Ennio Morricone and performed by the Unione Misistis di Roma. The original soundtrack recording has recently been released on a on a new CD remastered by friend of the show Chris Malone from Quartet Records.
0: This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
1: Overwhelm the Sky is quote an existential epic neo noir unquote loosely adapted from Charles Brockden Brown's seventeen ninety nine novel Edgar Huntley or Memoirs of a Sleepwalker. Overwhelm the Sky tells the story of Edgar Eddie Huntley, an East Coast radio personality who moves to San Francisco to marry Fia, the sister of his best friend Neil, a successful entrepreneur. Shortly before Eddie's arrival, Neil is found murdered in Golden Gate Park, in what police surmise was a simple mugging gone awry. As the sullen Eddie steps in as interim host of his old friend Dean's late-night talk radio show, he obsessively makes regular visits to the forested spot where Neil's corpse was found. One such visit unleashes a chain of unpredictable events that sends Eddie snooping into the life of a sleepwalking drifter with a mysterious past. Now, Nick Clement describes the film in his liner notes of this new release from La La Land Records as, a brave motion picture which almost dares you to watch it as it's been curated with a degree of intellectual aspiration that perhaps only its filmmaker could wholly understand. And with an, a complex A tonal and interesting score from composer Costas Daphnis, the film takes on an entirely different life with haunting melodies, turning the black and white drama into dreamy and potentially head-spinning madness for the characters, all the while presenting something uniquely harmonic and soothing, yet slightly unnerving for the audience. I knew I wanted a score to be epic I wanted a big sound with a real orchestra and I wanted the score to announce itself with a sense of creativity and an air of class, said director Daniel Kramer in an interview. Melody and mood were of high importance. I told Costas that I hated movie music that just droned or featured monotonous backgroundy strings with no personality. I wanted personality and we wanted the score to announce itself without feeling heavy-handed. I wanted to echo more classical scoring tropes. Executives force modern movie composers into blandness and anonymity and I am not going to allow anything perfunctory. I gave Costas as much license and latitude as he needed. The all-encompassing work by Daphnis expertly blends the sense of the classical with the modern. The tonality of the piece allows the music to barrel towards a sense of confident structure or clarity in one scene, and then throws a cloud of doubt in the next scene, as though drifting in and out of sleep, and everything between, said composer Daphnis in an interview for this release. It was all about finding a good balance, as the scope allowed nearly identical fragments to sound minutes and even hours apart, threading distant moments with psychological poignancy and justifying more dissonance and tension than some film directors are comfortable experimenting with. Director Kramer and composer Costas Staffnis have tried to make the music a prominent character of sorts in this movie and they must be commended in doing so as many films in the modern era try to hide the musical element in with the sound effects. And it's great to have a collaboration of director and composer who want the music as an important character of the film, which is something which a lot of people like Eric and myself applaud every time this is done. And also, I must give kudos to La La Land Records producing a release of a new composer from a low budget film who probably in the film music collectors world has not really been heard of at this point and given them a showcase to show their work on a major label like La, La Land Records. So here now is a suite from the 2019 drama Overwhelmed the Sky with original score composed and conducted by Costas Daphnis. <laughs> Latest music from the 2019 drama, Overwhelm the Sky. The film lasts over 2 hours and 15 minutes in length and features an original score composed and conducted by Costas Daphnis. The original soundtrack recording is available on a CD which features also music from another score by Costas Daphnis, Torch from La La Land Records, and I do hope this is the first of many scores released by the composer Costas Daphnis, a new voice in film music we should all look forward to hearing a lot more of. So now we've come to the end of part one of this edition of The Archive on the Cinematic Sound Regio podcast. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. I leave you today with a very special piece of music. The 8th of September 2022 saw the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II after a reign of 70 years and 214 days, the longest of any British monarch and the longest verified reign of any female monarch in history. On the 21st of October 2022, Silver Screen Records released a charity single, Elizabeth, Remembered composed by Fender the Station Debbie Wiseman OBE This tender and contemplative piece of music was played many times during the BBC's live coverage of his ceremonies across ten days of national mourning and the full three minute piece was played at the end of the Queen's State funeral, following presenters Kirsty Young's emotional final words and accompanied by a poignant and beautiful montage of images from the events of the day. After the broadcast, the BBC and Debbie Wiseman's website and social media was inundated with requests for this music, including from yours truly. Due to this unprecedented demand, Debbie Wiseman, together with Silver Screen, have taken the opportunity to release this music as a charity single, with all proceeds going of one of Her Late Majesty's treasured charities the Queen's Commonwealth Trust and so now to play it out of part one of this edition of the archive on the cinematic sound radio podcast here is Elizabeth remembered with music composed by Debbie Wiseman and performed by the BBC Concert Orchestra the recording of which is now available digitally from Silver Screen Records with all proceeds going to the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. Join us again soon for part two of this edition of The Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast. But until then, for me, Jason Drury, is take care and happy listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Cinematic Sound radio podcast. I want to thank Tim Burton for providing his voice for all the bumpers you hear throughout the program and to David Casina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments or concerns, please email us at at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And wherever you're listening to us today, please take a moment right now to leave us a rating. And a review of the podcast. You can get a Cinematic Sound Radio T-shirt at our T Public Store. You can join our Patreon at patreoncom slash radio and don't forget to check us out on the web at CinematicSound.net.